This is a Broad Pods production. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Danny Riley. And I'm Dan Riley, and together we run Manamade. In this podcast, we have decided that we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into some of the things that mean more to us that we weren't able to share within the web series. We've got a little bit more time up our sleeves. We're going to have some killer guests in throughout the series, some amazing experts, and really talk about what's important to us on the journey to build our dream home. For Dan and I, building a home that was as sustainable as possible was our number one priority. So in each episode, we will also highlight these features as a standalone topic. We know that the most important part of a house is when it actually becomes your home. So in each episode of the pod, Dan and I will be giving you a sneak peek into these intimate spaces that made our house a home for us. Hey guys, welcome back to All Manner of Things. So excited you can join us again today. Make sure you've caught yourself up, listen to all the pods before this episode. And of course, if you want to binge everything, go nuts. You can also binge the web series. The link is in the show notes. Now we're up to episode three, Dan. Episode three. There's a bit going on. There's a lot of subfloor insulation going in, which is a must if you've got a subfloor. It felt like it took forever. To put them in. Yes. I didn't take too long. Oh, it felt it like it right. took forever. I mean, I didn't physically do it, but I watched it and it looked like it took yeah. forever. And, and one thing we put in most homes now was hydronic heating. I mm. love that we got to do it in our own home. Yeah. Not only just in the slab, but also in the subfloor, which not a lot of people know you can do with the heat emission plates. That's it. That's it. So we worked with DPP Hydronic Heating for our hydronic heating. And our particular system, whilst it is run currently on gas, which is purely for budget Mm. uh, reasons when we were doing this home, it is ready to convert to uh, electric heat pump system once that technology is, um, I guess, available for us from a budgetary perspective. Of course, let's not forget about the floor shield insulation that we used in the subfloor. Now, the home is finished, (gasps) Shokara, and it is so nice when you walk on that floor and know that it is so well insulated not only from an acoustic Mm. level, but also from a heat um, retention level. So we're able to really heat our home as efficiently as we possibly can in the current climate. And something you could do if you can get under your existing home, check if it is insulated. If it isn't, it's a pretty cheap option just to Mm -hmm. get under there or pay someone to crawl under and install the insulation. Yeah. It's going to save you so much money on your energy bills. It will save you. We've lived in homes, older homes, that have a timber <laughs> subfloor and the heat loss that we've experienced in the winter is unbelievable. Yes. 
even if you rent, we actually proposed that to one of our landlords one time. We about, would pay to do it. We would pay to do it just because we could do it ourselves and we knew the difference it would make on our electricity bills. Mm. Well, today, Dan, on the back of our very strong sustainability theme that we've had threaded through the build of the home and also this podcast, I wanted to take the opportunity in this particular episode to focus on that a little bit more. So we have a very special guest. We have Darren Parker from Greenest House. Darren founded Greenest House to help engage, educate and empower the industry, individuals and also families to build better homes as we slowly but definitely surely move towards net carbon zero homes. Darren has a team of some pretty incredible ears consultants who have worked on many, many projects and we're so excited to have him in the studio today. Thank you, Darren, for coming Thank in. Thank you, guys, for inviting us. It's really good to be here. Oh, absolute pleasure. Now, Darren, straight off the bat, what you do, your role within the home design and uh, creating the most ideal living environment for a home, can you talk us through that and when the best time is to engage someone like yourself in a build. Sure, it's it's a good point that you you mentioned when. Um, yes, the industry has very much been um, the thermal comfort assessor is given the design process when it's not fluid anymore at the <laughs> end of the design process, <laughs> and um, we really then can only upgrade certain things. Um, the design process is not fluid at that stage, yeah. and you know you. You guys have probably experienced this. You spend many hours and months with your client and they don't want to start to go back to the drawing board and change zoning and stuff. So right at the beginning, we personally at Greenest House like to meet with the person and to hop on site and to have a look at what we've got there right at the very beginning, see what Mm. free things we can gain from that site. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps some, some... challenges on that site, you know. Does it have an overshadowing building next door? We want to try and work with the elements on site Mm -hmm. and not just throw it, you know, Mm. in an ordinate amount of money at at it. We want to sort of work with that and do it in a cost-effective way. Right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. Who the people are, what do they want from this home? You know, what is sustainability to this person or to this family? That's a really interesting thing to say. What Mm. is sustainability to a particular person? Because we might have something, but that might only be just scratching the surface exactly of what's right. possible. Some, some people, it's two chooks and a goat, and, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. and they love goat's cheese, and I love goat's cheese too. I love that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, to other people, it's more. If you're, um, you know, some people, it's an electric car and EV and things like mm. that. So it's very soon after that point where really the building designer, we, you know, we, we like to sort of get them involved yep. and to start to put this the best home they've ever lived in together. Yeah, yeah. guide that would, process. Would, Darren, would an example of that be an orientation of the home and yeah. certain living spots? That's that's exactly right. Orientation is the biggest free thing we can possibly get mm. and it's a challenge with these tiny blocks that they're giving yeah. us now, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I think this is a big challenge with Seven Star. You know, the blocks are getting smaller. Mm. You know, in the past they've always said, you know, have the north on the long side of the block, but... You know, the, the houses, the gutters are touching now almost, yeah. you know, and uh, really we want the ideally the north in the backyard, you know, because that's where the living areas yes. are going to probably end up. Yeah. And, um, and of course, we live in Australia. We want to be connected to that backyard. and But oh, to try and find a block <laughs> like that <laughs> is harder. It's getting harder, guys. It's a yeah. challenge. What blew my mind about the Blair Gary house that we've just finished building or the web series we're doing on is the difference a shroud made on a window to our thermal rating and I guess a shroud probably acts like an eave, where in summer it shades the window, but in winter 
the sun's, you know, the, it's letting the sun through. Yeah, that's right. And I think you make a good point there. It's we have in in the country we live here in Australia. We've got to think winter and summer. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're looking at. Um, heat gain in the summertime and heat loss in the wintertime. And it's a challenge to do that passively. It's a very clever thing to do. What you're asking the home to do is to catch the heat but stop it from escaping. Um, And then in summertime to do the opposite. Mm. Um, And I think the point you make there by having shrouds, it's something that's adjustable. Yes. So if you can't get that north aspect where the sun does that that adjustment for you, mm. um, the sun obviously ra- rises higher in the, in the summertime, and and those northerly pieces of glass don't cop that that summer sun. Um, but if you can't get that, well then adjustable shading or sun control, because let's face it, we want yeah. the west sun in winter time. We want east. We want mm. as much sun as we possibly yeah. can, yes. but we just don't want it in summer. That's a great yeah. point, Jane, because we've yeah. got this massive window in our sunken lounge, and it's sort of north northwest. Yeah. Yep. And in winter, that not light just beams in and it warms up the room, but. To the point of it gets pretty it gets hot warm in, in there. winter. Yeah. yeah, but we wanted something more. We knew in summer you you wouldn't be able to be in that room, so we put external Venetians on. Yep. Yeah. And I think that works perfectly. Being able to, to control them depending yes. on you know where the sun is at. The key word there was external. I think some people think, oh, you pull down the blind, but once the heat is in the <laughs> home, it's in the home. It's, it's in the home. You've exactly got a convection right. current happening, yeah. and and you you hold your hand up the top of that window. Yeah. That yep. <laughs> glass is a wonderful thing. You know, if you've got that million-dollar view, um, you've you've got to take advantage of that. But you need to treat it with respect and and understand that that piece of glass is it's, it's not as good as what we can, you know, get within our wall systems and yep. things like Which that. Which was a challenge for for us because we've got so much glazing mm, on site. Yeah. Um, we couldn't just do your, your, your normal double glazing. We had to go one extra and have thermally broken aluminium yep. windows just yep. to try to, to get yep. our energy rating. And yep. I think that's an important point for everyone out there. Definitely. People don't realise, you know, if you've got a hot day, an extreme hot day, 42, 45 mm. degrees, in the shade, okay, yeah. That, Jeez, that aluminium, is a hot day. Yeah, that <laughs> aluminium frame, right, if you touch it, if it's in the shade, is the same temperature. Yeah. If the sun is shining on that and mm. it's a black frame, Six. that that frame could be 65 degrees. It could be the same. Some You've ever put your hand mm. on a hot piece of aluminium. Yeah. So that is a heater. That is a radiator that now that your air conditioning is working against. So, mm. um, and this is why PVC is, you know, and timber windows, they, they just stop. Aluminium is such a good conductor of heat. Yeah. <laughs> and so thermally broken, what that does, it just stops that heat transfer yeah, through. True. So well right. done, guys. I'm sure the um, people that are going to live in that home <laughs> will appreciate those thermally the broken The double glazed thermally broken windows. Excellent. I'm going to circle back or cycle back just a little bit. Darren, can you share with us what your exact role in this whole process actually is? I originally started in this industry back in early 2000s when uh, sustainability first came in into mm-hmm. this industry. So predominantly we've been involved in my original company that I still run is Energy Raiders, and it's very much a compliance minimum standard. Mm. Yep. Here's the design, make it comply, yep. um, stamp it so that we can put the permits in. <laughs> yep. but Which I feel is just, <laughs> that's the assumption that people make yeah. of what is required now. That's exactly right. But people are keen and eager for that's more. Right. That's that's exactly right. And even the industry is heading towards whole of home. Yep. Um, so just before COVID hit, we established, we just saw the need for a more of a consultative um, whole of home approach. So, okay. so we, at the sister company that, um, that I'm most excited about, 
because um, minimum minimum compliance is not sexy. No, nah, it's, it's definitely minimum. It's, it's minimum. minimum. Exactly. Yeah. A six star home is the worst home you're allowed to build. Yeah, <laughs> such a good way of putting it, isn't, isn't it? it? A good way of putting they it. They spruik the stars out there, and and you know we, we all. It's nice to stay in a five star hotel, isn't it? And when you hear six stars, you think, Ooh. "Wow, yeah. that's a good home." But I remember it's when the, the shift to six star came in. Mm. Anyways, mm. so Greenest House was set up to be more. A consult. We're we're looking at more livability, mm-hmm. um, so it encompasses a few more things than just sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know things like resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at climate um, shock now, and and you know we we want to be connected to our backyards and mm-hmm. and to the outside, and and glass is a wonderful product to do that. But there's certain days we we need protection from the outside, mm. and um, the grid is going to d- go down more and more, and we're seeing it worldwide. Yeah, and sometimes we're going to have to hunker down and into our home. So we want our homes to be able to, you know, can you live in your home for three days without power? Mm. There's a question. Um, if if you've got a lot of west facing glass, could you stay in that home, or would you have mm. to vacate it? Mm. Mm-hmm. So these these um, you know these are sorts of things that we um, consider. We look at health and biophilic, and you know um, uh, you know we, it, it's nice to have a show, you know, a very clinical show home, and we've all seen them yeah. with the <laughs> uh, you know the uh, two pack white. You know they look absolutely stunning, but to have some textures, some yeah. timber, oh, yeah. nice. you know, some yeah. some concrete, some rammed earth, all this sort of stuff. So we have a real mindset of. Uh, livability first and then wow factor second. Okay, gotcha. yeah. And and I think if we look at how it's normally gone, and, and this is what this is the biggest challenge we have is wow factor comes in first. You know, they they look at that beautiful <laughs> Byron Bay home that, that lives in that that perfect climate zone that never gets below, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. 20, above 25 and Blue never gets windows. below. windows. Exactly. Yeah. Like that. And they want to build that in Sorrento. Mm. Um, Guilty <laughs> at first. I know. Guilty at first. windows everywhere. <laughs> I, know. I know. But then I was educated. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I think the building designers are struggling with this too because families, you know, they're, they're conditioned with, you know, the block and mm. Home Beautiful and, and all this, this wow, Facebook and Pinterest. Mm. Um, and they come to the building designer and they lay all this out before, <laughs> this is what we like and this <laughs> yeah. is what we want. And unfortunately, it looks great. Yeah. But I have seen some disasters yeah. and people that just can't live in their home. Yeah, mm. right. Um, but on certain days, you take the photo, they look fantastic. Great. Yeah, that's it. So, Darren, do you also take into account the landscape? Yes. Sustainability yeah. like, to help the home? Yes, yeah, certainly. Obviously, you know, we talked about um, adjustable sun control of, of the windows. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want to have something that, you know, was mechanical mm. or, 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 or an element, you wanted to perhaps go uh, with um, perhaps... Um, a tree that loses its leaves in wintertime, mm-hmm. okay? So, again, we don't again we don't want any sun in our home come the middle of summer. So if you've got a beautiful um, tree out there on that west, outside that west window that is shading it, mm. but then it loses its leaves through the winter and then as the sun starts to set through the winter, you're, you're you know, on that west side of north, you're getting that beautiful winter sun, mm. winter west. So if it's done right, trees and, and, and landscaping can be a really good um, and you know, and then there's water and, yeah. and things like that, bringing birds, native birds. There's, you know, it's a big subject. But from a sustainability mm. and, and the home, yeah, it, there's some really 
um, some good Blood. good options for us. And that's a probably a really good tip for our listeners out there. If you're in an existing home and you are struggling with those summer days, yeah. can you plant a deciduous tree to block mm. that sun out? That's mm. right. Some red vines. Yeah, or some mm. vines. Right? Yep. That's it. That's it. Now, you mentioned about... <laughs> The six star being the best. What, what was the this worst word? time the you're be- allowed to build in Australia? <laughs> I, think, oh, I love that. I'm going to use that same. Yeah. <laughs> so it's with, the, yeah. with the baseline shift to seven star, when is that coming into effect, and what is that going to mean? <sighs> All right, good question. That's a, that's a big question. That's Loaded. another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, the COAG, all the governments have got together and they've decided that, yes, they're heading off to seven stars. They've Shocking. agreed. They've, they've agreed. agreed. Yeah. Shocking. And this is the this is the <laughs> problem we face in the industry. Um, domestic is state-based. Mm. Commercial is federal. So the NCC, you know, they can't, they can't water it down. The states can't water it down. It's in the NCC. Commercial is easy. Mm. When you get comes into residential now, you've got, you know, BASICs in New South Wales. You've got star ratings in... So, and then each state will have their own. Um, so, is, the that, is that because well, of climate? Um, I just think that's law. law <laughs> that's politics. Yeah, yeah um, politics. That's what it is, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, um, to answer your question, they've agreed on it. Some have, um, most of them um, have said we've, we're going to have a year transition into this. So, okay. at the moment, I think Victoria, Queensland are a year. I think Tasmania is three years, maybe, a okay. transition. So, the, there's, don't quote me on that, guys, It's because it's still only just sort of happening. What we're waiting for here in Victoria is really for the, the VBA to give us that practice note, or it's called something different now, yeah. um, just to see exactly what that looks like. We, yeah. And we don't really know yet, yeah. but... It will be seven stars. Yeah. Um, and what whole and, and of course, there's a whole of home that's going to be attached to that now. Yeah, um, right. So, cool. do you want me to just to clarify a little bit of? I think people think a six-star home is about everything in the home, but it, it's not. It's, no. Yeah, it's just about the building fabric and the passive design of that home. Um, it's technical. The star rating, its technical term is called a thermal comfort assessment. Okay. So it's just how comfortable you're going to be in that home. Mm-hmm. And it's done with some very clever software that models the sun every hour of the day, yep. every day <laughs> yeah. of the year. And it's working out when you need to put on that air conditioner mm-hmm. or when you need to put on that heater. And the higher the star value, the less times you have to put on a heater and put on a cooler. The star rating has been a very good tool for the industry. Um, so now we're going to whole of home. So we're looking at now some of the appliances. Wow. Um, mainly the, the the appliances that are in the NCC at the moment. So it'll be um, heating and cooling, yep. hot water service. Yep. So a carbon budget is being introduced. What will happen is we'll model the home. Um, the tool then will know that whether it's a good home, whether it needs the heater on a lot or whether mm-hmm. it needs the cooler on a lot. And then um, you add in the appliances and what the star rating of those or how efficient those appliances mm-hmm. would be. Mm-hmm. And therefore, um, the tool now knows that you might need to have a better or a more efficient heater or cooler. Okay. Uh. Um, you know, if you want to have gas, and here's another subject, yeah. um, you might need to, because that's a carbon intensive yep. um, fuel. I know we've all been encouraged to go to gas, um, mm. but, no, there's but a, it's, yeah, there's it's, a change there happening too. Yeah. But maybe we then need to make up for that. And, and the easiest way is perhaps to put a solar uh, photovoltaic system or some solar panels on the roof to 
to make up for that. So this is what's going to basically be introduced over this next year. I think at the moment uh, it, it's not compulsory, but I think by the this time next year, some states we will be looking at um, whole of home seven star. So really, yeah. I mean, if we're if we're starting a, a design and planning of a home now we should be ultimately considering that that's going to be the outcome by the time. I think you're silly if you don't at least allow for some of these things. If you're not designing a a solar-friendly roof into your design now, (laughs) I think that's so silly. I know in in five years' time when you've got your electric car, um, you're either looking for two types of homes, one that has solar or ones that can take solar. Yeah, right. Because I don't want to buy petrol anymore. No. Yeah. I want to generate my fuel for free. Yep. So solar. So, so even though that's not here yet, I really encourage building designers, builders to now to start to think hips and valleys, they're, they're the enemy. And, Flat roofs. And they look so ugly too. You, and quite mm. often you'll see the solar panels go in around, you know, because, you know, they're mm. square and we've got these triangle pieces in our roofs. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it can look quite ugly in mm. mine, you know. Yeah. Um, so a nice area that's left alone, no yeah. services, no vent pipes. Coming out. Coming out, you know, yeah. and then the, the solar panels have to go around that. Um, so we really encourage our building, the, the building designers that we work with to nominate that on the plan to say, yes. hey, this roof space here yes. is for future Provisioning, solar. yeah. That's exactly right. So and then pre-wiring too. Pre-wiring, when you're yeah. yeah. It costs about $450, I think, the installers get to run that wire through. Bugger all. Yeah. It, we what do would it. it cost we on pre-wire. site? $90? Yeah. What would your electrician charge you to, yeah. to wire that through not on the rough end? Yeah. It's an hour, an hour, you know. Right. So yeah. why not give that to the yeah. client now? And we and, do that on, yeah, on our projects project. anyway. Well, most of them have solar now. Yeah. I do have one overarching concern around all of this. I mean, we've already seen what's happened to the cost of building over the last 18 months, 40%-ish thereabout increase to the cost of construction. What do you think is going to happen to that as we move to that minimum seven-star rating? Cost-wise? Cost-wise. Because I think notoriously people go in with the best intention to have the most sustainable, the most passive, the most this, the most that home, Mm. and where... The, the things that are, that compromise on first are those mm. things yeah. that aren't a necessity because they are traditionally more expensive. Yeah. So what do you see happening there? That's a really good um, question. I know there's sort of two points to that aspect. I think the mentality or a lot of the mentality that we've inherited and, and what has got us through is that we go back to this uh, minimum compliance or just to get it to comply. Yeah. So particularly with some of the volume builders, you know, they've got all these products designed, they, they pick the design off the shelf and they fit them. If it fits on the block physically, yep. um, they spec. if it's facing the wrong way, it doesn't matter. You just put more insulation in there, you double yep. glaze it. Yep. And that adds cost. Yeah. So if you're just leaving it to the end of the design process, mm, okay. it will be costly. Mm. Guaranteed. So that's the that is the point. This yes. it's thinking about it before you're even yep. really doing a floor plan yep. scenario. Exactly like. We we wanted to really hammer this point home because we see in the industry a lot of pushback. Yeah. Um, and it is a challenge and I do feel for them. But we need to put the right type of homes on the right block. And I'll just give you an example. We uh, were involved in a, a project in uh, Albury-Wodonga, so mm-hmm. on the, on, up on right. the border there, in a place called Barranduda, just it's a little satellite suburb outside of Wodonga. And we built an eight-star home with no double glazing. Wow. With no double glazing? No double glazing. Wow. It won uh, Best 
Uh, so Master Builders Best Northeast, uh, Best Display Home Northeast Victoria. Ah. And um, we also won another design. Um, when I say we, it was a partnership, guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. is, we, we talked about collaboration. Yeah. Um, it's a very important thing. So we um, also won uh, Best Sustainable ESD Design for Design Matters, which is. Uh, oh, nice congrats. job. So yeah. my message or the answer to that question, if you put the right home on yeah. the right site, it will be cheaper. Right. Single glazing. And for the, our listeners out there who don't know uh, Wodonga, they have extremes. Heat, we have yeah. cold. Yeah. Extremes, yeah. almost Europe-like. That's yeah. exactly right. It is freezing in the winter yeah. and it is stinking hot in the summer. That is phenomenal. Single glazing. So really yeah. determining, getting on site before there's even a concept in place, understanding the site-specific conditions, which, I mean, an architect or a building designer would need to anyway, mm. but then it's about coming together in a, collaborative sense, working out the elements that need to go into the design mm. to be achieving this and maximising yes. that particular dwelling on the site. Mm. I think we've just added another step to our process. I've just had a, <laughs> a brain explosion. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so really then, theoretically, if, if we adopted that process, the build shouldn't be any more expensive. Um, you know, that, that's a big call. <laughs> and um, no, I don't feel it should be. It's, well, yeah. it certainly is not as bad as what some people are crying. Sure, sure. Um, and it's because they want to continue to put any home on any mm -hmm. site. Um, and um, that is just not where Seven Star is. And, and yeah. unfortunately, whether you agree with it, whether you um, disagree with it, that is the situation that we're in. I and it, we need to do it smarter. I, well, see. I mean, look at cost of electricity and it's going yeah. up again. So yeah. it's going to keep going up. I so see, this, though, this is another good point, actually, about cost. Mm. You know, you look at mm. what OH&S has done to the industry. It's added cost, hasn't it, yep. to, to the uh, big time. Big yep. time, yeah. um, And that's great. It's given our, our subcontractors um, a safer workplace yeah. and that, you know. But the client really, they've got the same home. Mm. They've paid for it. Sustainability... There's more return on return on investment. Wow. It's, it's it's paying for itself now. It might yeah. take a longer time. Um, and again, you know, we we looked at uh, double glazing. Um, Wodonga City Council had some um, some nice information there, and their their feedback was double glazing has a thirty year return on investment. So double glazing 30 takes 30 years. years to pay for so itself. So if you don't see yourself being in the home for 30, 30 years, why would you put well, it in? Well, we just thought, well, okay, there's 30 years. If we could then get away with single glazing and save that money and put it into a photovoltaic that has a return on investment of four years. What was that? Sorry, yeah. Uh, uh, so, I'm um, sorry, solar panels on the on the roof. Yeah. When I say PV, yeah, sorry, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. Um, industry technical term. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, solar panels, I'm not talking about a battery, just straight solar. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe four years. Mm -hmm. um, it's good to sit down with a, a, an ESD consultant that can perhaps um, give you, the building designer and, and the client, the information for them to make the decision. Now, it's not wrong. I don't recommend that you build something with no double glazing. It was really to prove a point. point yeah, yeah. Point it's, proven. It's, it's point proven. It's <laughs> been, it's been, it's, and I saved money doing it, so, yeah. you know, yeah. it was a win-win for me. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, to play the devil's advocate a little bit here, I could foresee a time where this is all well and good. We engage someone like yourselves very early on in that process. How is it going to work with a client who has, they, they have their vision, they, they know what they want and they're not really prepared to be flexible around that overall vision, yeah. do you see that being a hurdle? Like, do you see that yeah, happening? Yeah, it's a, it's a massive hurdle when it mm. was about the client being conditioned when they yes. rock up on the building designer's um, doorsteps. I think really we have a responsibility, and well done, guys, to communicate mm. the win-win situation yep. we're in. And yep. I have never, we've never been in a situation where there is a win-win for it. The cost effectiveness, mm. the return on investment, the planet, mm. our yep. families, yep. Uh, the industry. So... Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a great time to be alive. To be quite honest, in my industry, <laughs> I love that. I <laughs> yeah. love your passion. I think that's there's a shift in the industry. There is a shift in the industry. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think that's a very good point that you make. But how do we communicate this? And so, well done, guys, for these these types of podcasts. Mm. Yeah. And and this communication method is what we need. Yeah. Um, so even the CSIRO, CSIRO, are looking at how can we communicate the benefits? Yeah. Because at the end of the day. What's in it for me? Mm. That's, that's that's really mm. where, it, unfortunately, that's true. what motivate, yeah. motivates most of us and yeah. sometimes me. The key me. learning around this, though, the common goal is to build the ideal outcome for the client. And I guess typically we've only ever really looked at that from the design of mm. the home, but it includes those basic elements or what we would consider basic solar, the thermal efficiencies, all of those types of things, plus how the home actually looks and sits on the site. But it's actually much more than that, really, because this is part of the goal of achieving an environment for someone to live in that is the best it can possibly be through mm. the design of the home, mm. which includes this pre-step again. Mm. We want to build dwellings that will give back more than what they take. Over the life of the home, they will give back. If they created a, a carbon budget to be built, and, and we talked about you know, concrete um, mm. is is a tough, mm. tough product to use because it is such a, a high Dirty. carbon. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A, but it's changing. The industry's changing. Yeah. But if you look at the benefits of concrete slab, a concrete slab can be a battery. Yeah. yeah. Right. A hot water service can be a battery. I think it's probably in line with more cost. Um, prepare your home ready for a battery, but yeah. at the moment, what's a battery? Twelve, fifteen. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. It is a lot. Um, of money. But what about a hot water service that is charged, and, and if you look at our hot water service, it's it's the most, um, you know, it's one of our really high energy users in the home, the, oh, one yes, of the most, you know, heating are. and cooling and, and hot yeah. water. Yeah. Um, if we can have that heating up through the s middle of the day when that sun is generating rays into our solar panels, solar, yep. that then stores that energy for when we get home from work, we have mm. showers and what else. So it's a, a bit like a battery. Yeah. Mm. Um, same with our concrete slabs. If we can actually face our, our glass north 
and we've got a concrete slab. The sun comes through that that glass. It mm-hmm. warms up our slab. Mm-hmm. It, it it it's like a battery. It's charging. Mm-hmm. The sun goes down here in Mel five thirty in winter time, and yep. and you know as soon as that sun, cold. you can feel the cold, mm-hmm. can't you? Well, that that slab now will start to radiate the heat back into that zone, and you might not have to put your heater on until perhaps seven o'clock that night yeah. instead mm-hmm. of. Six o'clock. You know, yeah. it may not be a lot. Just depends on how much charge but you can get over the course of the season. That's quite oh, a number of hours. Yeah. That's exactly. right. So, Darren, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Say, for example, someone is um, building a home. They've missed the boat in terms of yep. you being able to have that whole of home experience. Yeah. What are the key things that you know? Where can their money go to really yep. maximise the efficiency of the home? Yep. I really, that, that's sort of how long is a piece of string. I mm. think what we do is we'll, we'll measure the home um, and this is why a thermal, your, your thermal comfort assessor or your yep. energy rater will come in. He'll measure the home. He should then look at um, both winter and summer. Where is the Achilles heel of this home? Okay. Yep. We can't, remember we talked about we can't always get that perfect mm. site and that yes. perfect orientation. So you might have a home that Perhaps after, you know, if you've gone down the process that it's a very strong summertime home. It's going to be great to live in summer, but it's going to be cold in in wintertime. The best bang for your buck dollar-wise would be to concentrate then on the winter song. Yeah. It's not just a matter of keep on going around that, double glaze that window, calculate, tick, <laughs> smiley yeah. face, no, get, you know, do another one. Yeah. Um, and this is the importance of getting a good thermal comfort uh, assessment yes. assessor that can identify the weak point and then concentrate on fixing that. If it's in Queensland, it will be reflective foil. We're trying to stop sun. If it's in a Melbourne or a southern states, it's it's more bulk insulation and, and insulating glass. And mm-hmm. Can I throw one out there? Yep. Is, is colour a big one of the exterior? Colour's a big one because it doesn't cost any any money, does it, yeah. to go, you know, if you and the roof. pink or blue or Colour whatever. of the roof. Um, definitely. So if you're here in uh, in Melbourne, we would like dark colours. Yes. Um, yep. If, if your site was a bit of a challenge for getting that north sun, maybe some darker colours would mm. be um, mm-hmm. an option. Yep. Um, You've got to be careful too. Sometimes things can work against you. Um, and and we, talk, we talked about slabs being heated up and, and thermal mass. I um, want to talk about that again. Yeah. Yeah, so you, we'll get back to that. Yeah, you don't, you don't want it to heat up. In, so you know how we wanted to encourage, mm. welcome the sun in, in the wintertime. Winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you don't want to welcome it no. in the summer because imagine charging that battery that yep. we, 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 we referred to. To, on a hot day. On a hot day mm. and then the sun goes down and that, that heat that is radiating back into that, that's the last thing you want. Yeah. yeah. If you had a, a north wall, if you had a dark colour, you know that the sun's going to lay down and that will shine onto that darker colour. It'll absorb and mm-hmm. we all know if we've owned a black car versus a white car, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it'll absorb <laughs> yeah. that warmth. Yeah. But in the summertime, that, that wall now is not getting the sun. Ah, uh, um, true. Because the, now the sun is high. Up yes. Yeah. Yep. So colours, if you can get it to work, you, you know, you don't want to have a, uh, a <laughs> rain, yeah, no, rainbow. Yeah, every that's exactly size right. <laughs> but um, it's something certainly something to think about, and yeah. it's and it's good cost-effective solution. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, colours yeah. are good. We like to be able to educate our clients around the things that you do have a say on throughout the process and spending the money Mm. on the things that will have the greatest impact. One of those things, especially when we're doing renovations, and for example, if we need to pull off an old plastered wall or whatever it is, exposes an original hardwood um, timber frame, that on the plans and as part of the energy rating or report, 
there's no insulation specified. So we would always flag that as something to the client. Did you want to consider adding insulation to these walls? The plaster is off. Now mm. is the absolute yeah, best time. Yes. Would you suggest that that is definitely a way that someone could add significant value in a renovation? Yeah, yes, definitely. And I think always we like to sort of have a pragmatic approach um, to any sort of project. And it's not sustainability at all cost. Um, but I think definitely if if you if you're exposing an area there that you can quite because insulation is not dear, no, no. Um, um, that and subfloor. Yeah, I think you, if you didn't offer that yeah. or suggest that to the client, you would be providing a disservice. Yes. is that a word? Disservice. Yes, yeah. yes it yes. is. Right. It is. So if we have a look at the Blegari House project as well as an example, and we were having a, a little bit of a chat before we started recording today, so we have subfloor insulation within a steel subfloor frame on the second level of the home. Mm-hmm. The ground level of the home is concrete on earth. So what would you typically be expecting in that environment? Like what would be the pros and cons of that concrete versus that yep. that frame? Again, it's another big question mm-hmm. um, because we, we talked about a concrete slab on ground is, is dirty, mm-hmm. but it does give us a lot of benefits. Okay. You look at a timber floor, we're talking about carbon capture now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if we're looking at plantation timber, um, it, it's building with timber is, is great. So, so robbing Peter to pay Paul here, we've got something that is good in some areas um, but not good as good in others mm-hmm. or not as good in others. The good thing about concrete slab on ground is it is a heat sink for the home in summertime. Mm-hmm. And because of, you know, if you look at the, the laws of thermodynamics, heat travels towards cold. Even in the wintertime, particularly, you know, up in northeast Victoria when you've got those zero-degree frost mm-hmm. mornings, under the floor, in your timber floor, will be zero. But underneath your slab that's connected to the ground, the ground temperature might be about 12 degrees. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now you've got that bottom zone that's connected to the um, ground yes. temperature that's 12, and now your heater will take, will go from 12 degrees up to 23 or mm-hmm. 18, so whatever it is. there's less of a difference whatever. there. Whereas the timber floor... Um, it's really, and we've all probably lived in a timber floor home, as soon mm-hmm. as you turn the heater off, it gets cold. Yeah. Now, of course, insulating and that stops that, mm-hmm. a lot of that. And and if you look at a lot of the construction methods within Europe and the prefab um, systems and things like that, timber is great, but it will never give us that, that heat sink and that thermal waste or that ground temperature boost. And mm-hmm. I yep. think in this country where we do have the extremes, I think the slab does... Tick a lot of boxes. boxes. Insulating your, your timber floor, um, air tightness. You know, you look at some of the, you know some of these genuine passive houses. You know, we're talking about the um, um, certified passive house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very efficient homes, and they're most of them are timber. You know, yeah, so right. there you go. I'm curious with the um, slab on ground. Now, a lot of these slabs now are having hydronic heating within the slab, which is great. Yep. But there's the argument around. You should always put insulation on the side of the slab because that's where you're going to lose a lot of heat. But the argument is, and I hear you different every time, do we insulate under the slab? Because as you just said, Earth's already got a core temperature and you want to absorb that. Why would you put a barrier there? Good question, yeah. I'll give you a job at my office <laughs> if you like. Um, because And Dan's asking this question because you did a, you did did a, a, a certification. Yeah, yeah. And that's that where... That was a big argument we had in class about yes, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, just to illustrate that, waffle pod slabs have polystyrene foam and we get a bit of a uh, an, an R value that we can add um, to that. Now, in Queensland, in the tropics, if you're building with waffle pod slabs up there... 
remember we want heat sinks. We want we mm. want that slab now to suck the heat out of that zone mm. as much as we can. And if you if it's insulated, well then it's just it's going to resist that. Okay, that's what the R value stands mm. for, resistance. So yes, sometimes it can sort of work against, against us you. a little bit, but. Mm. I think if you're putting in hydronic heating, um, I think I would take the assumption that you're not in the tropics and that you're in a cold climate. Right. Yeah. So I would answer that question that slab insulation under the slab would actually be the best way forward. Mm. Um, I think our construction code will say you, you must have at least slab, slab edge, edge. Slab insula- edge. Yeah. Yep. I've built a couple of homes myself and we've had um, in-floor heating. It's the best so heating you can possibly So lovely. Would get. you think that would be that decision or uh, requirement might be influenced by your soil type as well? No, um, because we're t- we're on sand, yeah, so we are. So there's no engine. moisture being held Great. within our. Great. I think the more moisture that. Oh, anyway, let's not do that. <laughs> that's, it's that's a can too, of worms, yeah. right? We could talk for days. Um, the houses that I've lived in, um, when I walk around the home in bare feet, and it's just so nice it's to walk heaven. on tiles. Oh, it is. <laughs> um, but when you get to the to the edge of the building, mm-hmm. um, you'll feel the the um, slab is cooler, mm-hmm. and because heat travels towards cold. Okay, yeah. so. so um, true. It, on a, if you've, if I have a coffee cup here on the on the table and um, it's you know sixty degrees, it is losing heat to this room because it's not six degrees in this room. Mm-hmm. If I have a beer here that's nice and cold, it is a gaining heat. Okay, so what's happening is once you're heating up the slab, it's being sucked out of your home around the edges, mm. particularly if you've got a floor that is very articulated and you we know, do courtyards. <laughs> and, oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Um, so you'll have more loss through that area. And I think that's why, um, you know, the NCC have said, well, listen, if, you, if you're going to put a slab heating, um, slab. Minim, minimum of slab edge insulation, I don't yep. think we're requ- – I think in some climate zones you actually even have to put under slab insulation, I think in some of yeah. the Alpine – I noticed that when we stepped from our uh, mudroom to our garage, garage, there's a step of 150 yeah. mil, mm-hmm. and obviously it's nice polished concrete. <laughs> yep. I didn't put slab edge there, and that's where you can really feel the yeah. difference, but that's aesthetics for just that yeah. little spot. So mm. that's interesting. Yeah. It, um, yeah. It's, <laughs> um, and, and this is why well, understanding heat flow is just a big part. It's And it's not rocket science. I know it's, you know, mm-hmm. we are talking thermo- thermodynamics <laughs> here, but yeah, there's, it's a challenge because we don't want boring homes, do we? We don't want no. homes at a submarine <laughs> with little portholes, yeah. do we? Yeah, you know? exactly. So, but it's it's being balanced and finding the, the sweet spot and, and get your thermal comfort assessor involved right at the beginning. And yeah, you'll get a far better result. You really will. And it will be cheaper. I love that. I absolutely love that. It's the biggest lesson we've learned today. It is. And that will be something that we'll be implementing into our own process and our own projects going forward. So Darren, before we let you go, I just wanted to ask, you're very passionate about this industry and this field. What are you doing within your own business to really push this message and, and walk the talk? Is that the, the saying, walk the walk? Right. First thing, we're surrounding ourselves with industry professionals that that um, uh, that are also passionate about mm-hmm. this. You know, um, if you look at, um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, okay, best governor of uh, California, the gentleman had trouble talking English, you know, <laughs> and being understood. But why was he so successful? He surrounded himself with good people, great people, and Really, this is where we've tried to position ourselves. Mm-hmm. And 
one thing that's come from that we've been not pushed, but we've been well, we've been encouraged to push ourselves. Mm-hmm. We've just actually entered in this one example. We've just entered into a competition that Design Matters National are, have put on, and this is uh, the challenge was, um, and it's sponsored by or supported by a few others, a Sustainability Victoria, I think, are part of it as well. But it's about building a home that will pay off its carbon debt. So the average home today is around 250 tonnes of carbon will go into a home. Wow. Um, And so the challenge was to build a home to reduce that carbon um, as much as we could. So we'd look at different um, elements and, and, you know, um, different things that we could use. We would then measure that. Then we would measure the running cost of that home with the whole of home tool. Yeah. It then spits out a yearly score, carbon score. Then we work out how long does it take for that home. So earn more to pay back our debt, our carbon debt. The challenge was, first of all, reduce that as much as we can. And that's that's a challenge because the industry is still learning and the suppliers are still, you know, look at concrete, you know, it's still dirty. Um, Although there's some wonderful things that are happening with iron ore and and, um, so we measure it and then we we pay it off. And the the challenge was to pay it off by 2040, I think was the... um, So early days, Jed, we've entered into this competition, but that was, I learned so much from that. I Um, bet. And... And this comes from surrounding yourselves with other people and being part of organisations that are proactive in this area. Yes, proactive, really, not yeah, reactive. Proactive. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I don't know how we'll go. Um, I think <laughs> there was so about exciting. 17 entri- entries. But Amazing. listen, if I win, guys, can I come back and share <laughs> of course, it? Of course, absolutely. That's great. Good luck. That's so, so exciting. <laughs> Darren, that was and amazing. <laughs> I love speaking Thanks, to guys. experts. Yeah. Good on you. I love speaking to experts within these fields that you know, I'm slowly learning more and more about and we're being forced to learn more and more about as well as we take these steps to be mm. better in terms of efficiency and our sustainability and our footprint mm. in, in general. So thank you again for joining us You're today. Welcome, that was guys. amazing. Thanks, Darren. All right, Dan, so let's visit our fun little topic of house to home and I guess have a conversation about the thing in the home that makes the house a home for us. And given this episode has been so geared towards sustainability, I'm going to go first. (laughs) I'm going to say when I open the app on my phone that tells me how much energy I'm using and what the home's consumption is and what my solar panels are covering in terms of of energy usage, I'm going to say my solar panels. Solar panels. 100%. There is nothing more satisfying than opening that up and seeing that my solar panels are generating enough energy to cover my home's consumption at any given time. Nice. That's Mm. a good one, actually. Yeah. Um, For me, I'm going to have to go the element windows. Yes. They are incredible. We've got so many of them. Mm. But uh, double glazing, yes, that's a must. But to have thermally broken frames, that is massive and... You can touch those frames and it's not cold in winter. Yeah. So it was worth spending the extra money to do that. And that was very interesting with what Darren said about, you know, PVC and timber don't really react or conduct to the heat in that way. But it's so true. Touching the outside of those Mm. alley windows when you are outside in the sun, it is hot. Yeah. Inside, it's not because we have the thermal break. Yeah. Dan, that was absolutely phenomenal. I learned so much. (laughs) And the biggest one was... We're building to a minimum star rating, which yeah. is what Australian standards are in the building industry. And I always say it's only the minimum standard. 
And it's because we're reverse engineering the process. Mm. We should be having that conversation about what your site can give you for free. Yeah. And then commencing the process. Makes so much sense when you hear it. <laughs> My gosh, yeah. how dumb are we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means what the next series of all manner of things is going to be about, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. That was a truly, truly insightful uh, conversation we've had with Darren. If you've missed anything at all from the pod, you can binge the whole series right now. You can also binge the web series. The links are in the show notes, so make sure you catch yourself up. I'm so excited for the next episode, we have got the wonderful Danielle from Lights, Lights, Lights joining us. And you know what happens when you put two Italians, Geminis, called Danielle in a room together, Dan? Mm, can't wait for that. <laughs> we just talk all day. Before then, guys, please like, share, subscribe, do all of that. We love yep. it. The algorithm loves it. Yep. Help us out. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye.